Good evening. Bye. Good morning and good afternoon. Doesn't matter <laughs> where you are, we care about you. <laughs> Welcome to this strange life. Uh, I'm at Crypto Mickey. Mickey, uh, the conduit in the motherfucking freaks and the geeks. A motherfucking conduit. Uh, <laughs> my name is Willie Delius, at Willie Delius on Twitter. Uh, no nickname because what you see is what you get. And that'll get us right into our first sponsor for today. <laughs> yeah, we've got to learn to be slick on these kind of things. So the first sponsor today, Will, is exchangerate.io. And these are a cool set of people and uh, they're a great company. And what are they? So basically they lower the barrier, they lower the entry barrier to crypto through assisted trading or augmented intelligence and uh, basically the uh, the exchange rate robot does the trading for you and you can program it uh, to do as much or as little as you want so basically you can tra- you can uh, program it to find entry and exit positions or uh, you can make it automatic or you can basically just do it yourself, whatever, right? Exactly. Like you said, so if you're not the kind of person that will trust a robot with your money, you can look at its signals, buy and sell, and you can go and run off of those signals, go to whatever exchange you want and trade the liquidity that way. Mm. Uh, and I think one of the best points about this, Will, is that you can like configure your own robot and then you can choose to sell or share your own robot configuration uh, to other traders to other traders for a fee. Uh, and I think that's going to be one of the major pulls for this yeah. platform, right? I've, I've seen that in other spaces too with uh, anything where you can create something and then offer it to other people and have like a social portion of that where they can use your AI, they can use your robot and trade off of that and you get a cut of that. It's, it, it's just money for everybody. Yeah. So I, I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah. even for noobs, even for whoever wants to get into the market. Yeah. And uh, basically, all, all on their platform, uh, all macro and micro payments uh, within that ecosystem would be made using the XRR token, a little bit similar to how BNB works on Binance. And it's great. So uh, if you go to exchangerate.io, follow the instructions, and uh, we think it's one of the, the better ICOs this year. And, uh, yeah, follow the instructions, and I think it closes around about May the 5th, Willie. Is, is that right? right? Yeah, some, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, there are sponsors, and let's get into it. And today, back for uh, the third or fourth time, I think, uh, we've got our kid, my yeah. brother from another father, James uh, how are Hello. you today, brother? Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> if you were to rate out of the three episodes you've been a part of, which one have you been most excited for? Um, mm, good question. You uh, seem you seem like you're in a great space, mental space right now. <laughs> yeah, <it's> fantastic. <laughs> no, number one was good um, because <laughs> I I don't know. I, I it was it felt organic to me. Yeah. It, it, it was absolutely, it felt very natural, you guys, you know, being the super cool guys that you are. Oh, so put God. Me, put me at ease and, you know, you allowed me to, despite my uh, various challenges that I was <laughs> going through that day, allowed me to sort of be my natural self. You because know? from what I understand, the day before, you recreated the scenes from Hangover 3 in Bangkok. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or what's the other one with... Uh, we, we ate the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> what's the other one with Johnny Depp? Uh, bats. Bats. 
hair. <laughs> What's he called? Oh, I, I know. Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, uh, Fear and Loathing in, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going for a Bangkok theme. No, no, no. Okay, well, gotcha. yeah, Fear and Loathing in fucking Soy Krum Cowboy. Crumb <laughs> Tep, the big mango. <laughs> Willie, uh, I cut you off the other week, man. You said right, there was a fucking shark attack in Wahin, right? Yeah. Was there, were, a, was there a fatality? There. <laughs> Don't know. No, no, he didn't die. He didn't Unless die. Unless he got run over on the was way to the Was it a tiger? Was it a tiger or a phalang? It was a phalang. It was? Yeah. Uh, well, they don't taste quite um, good, do they? More meat. There, there was just a few lacerations to his uh, to his it, foot and to his lower leg. It was probably a small shark, yeah, I would imagine. that's the feeling. That it's I just got, that yeah. it's so uncommon here that, that sure. uh, it's huge news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know sharks, they, they come up from behind, right? And then they, they kind of come legs first and then kind of bite you on the legs or the midriff. Where did that information come from? Uh, I'm not saying. <laughs> well, that's an exploratory bite, though, isn't it? That's what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're exploring first. Looking yeah. for testicles or... Yeah, you know, just... Is it is it flesh? Yeah, it's a bit like, well, you know, when you go down on the lady and you uh, have a quick, uh, a quick sniff to see um, if it's... A lady? Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's a lady, I mean, I mean, if, if you're in Bangkok, yeah, that's the first thing. But I, I, I think there's something to that, don't you? Um, I think have we spoke about this before? Well, I think I don't know a, if it was on mic though. Yeah, yeah, I think, I it, think was. it was off mic. It's like something primal about you tells you if, if it's right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you go down on a woman, and I'm sure it's the same for a woman on a man, that when you go down, if there's a peculiar smell there, it smells off. That's an evolutionary. Um, uh, system in play to say that this woman is not correct, she's not right, there's something not right there, do not mate with her, do not have children with her because she's obviously got a urinary tract infection, a UI. You only no UTI, UTI. she's obviously yeah. got a UTI. UTI. And you've heard about those, um, have you ever heard about those? Uh, um, experiments they do, and I think it's on dating websites where they put like they they make a guy wear a t-shirt for two or three days, and they put it in a bag, uh, and then they mix all the bags up, and then they give them to the female, and then they open the bag and they smell it, and that they can choose to date the the person's like scent that that they feel most comfortable with, and I think it's it, it's very base, it's very primal, it's something to do with like pheromones, isn't it? I think. And so, how does it relate? Are they able to pick more attractive people when they smell the shirts, or what's the outcome? M- not necessarily more attractive, but more compatible. Hmm. More compatible, will that, that's the thing that um, well, well maybe more attractive because because I, I I think that if you smell off then you may have some kind of disease or something. I, don't I know. understand that part. Like if you met or looked at someone and they just look or smell mm. off, like that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty easy to do. But it's interesting though, that there's that kind of like, I don't know, you, th- you think so much about being able to see and you, you experience it that way, but smell is an interesting one. Yeah. But you, I mean, I think we've all been in love with a woman before where you just cannot get enough of a smell. Sure. Like whenever you get near, you just like, I, and I, it's just perfect. I have an interesting question for you guys. Uh, like, do you remember when you were when you were kids and you'd go over to somebody else at like a friend's house and their house had like a smell yes. to it? Yeah. Big and time. I, and you can probably to this day almost even like 
hard to describe, but like in your mind, you can kind of remember that smell. Yes. Isn't that weird? That it, is fucking so powerful to me, Will. That is really powerful. I think they say like smell and, and music put, can put you back in that place mm. like easier than anything. But, but smells so weird, though. It's so like, yeah. what the fuck came together to make the smell of that house of those fucking family, the Johnsons on... But the ones Jones that you remember Street. are never the uh, nice-smelling ones, right? It's always the foul-smelling ones. And it was always food-related. Mm-hmm. It was always kind of like um, the ones that smell of dogs or bacon or some kind of rotting food or something. Yeah. But do you know that smell is like... Uh, they call it olfactory. Uh, so you... Call it what? You, Olfactory. Olfactory so, so your sense of smell doesn't necessarily pick up um, what, what I'm trying to say. It's basically about changes in smell. So if, if you smell the same smell for two or three weeks running, you can't smell it anymore. It's only when that smell changes after that, that you can smell it. So you don't pick up basically the strength of the smell, but it's the change in the smell. that like you, Relativity. Yeah, exactly. So that whole thing about, you know, if you stink or you've got bad pee or whatever, you can't smell it yourself because you're, you're used to it, right? I mean, I'm paranoid about smelling anyway, but, um, yeah. I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> B.O. Well, we started off. B.O. Hang on, that reminds me of when I had my near-death experience, my out-of-body experience, man, you know? Um, Should we unpack that? Sure. What do you wanna? What do you wanna ask? Was it a truly a near-death physical experience, or are we talking like? Yeah, okay. I, ju- I I just want you to start from the beginning. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, I got I don't know. I think it was nine, something like that. Nine or ten. Um, got hit by a, a huge sort of removals truck head-on. Um, I was on my bike and uh, I was knocked up pretty badly, unconscious, um, you know, broken bones. It was it was pretty bad. Um, anyway, I remember seeing the first thing that I remember was sort of see it looking down and I could see my two shoes, two trainers that were 10, 20 meters up the road. Um, And I could see sort of three, a lorry driver and I think a couple came out of the house. And they looked really concerned. But remember, I was looking at this from, I was looking at myself and these people. And I remember being brought into the house and I remember the smells even to today. They had a dog. Um, there was some cooking because you can smell, you know, the p- people's food that they've been cooking mm. that day. And I, I could tell you exactly what was in the room, you know, that there was sort of borders with plates on. I could tell you the color of the, um, you know, the sofa, everything, you know, what, what they had at the fireside. Mm. Uh, I could tell you that in, in a lot of detail, but I was completely unconscious throughout this. So the only way that I could possibly know was what... An NDE. I was the NDE. Mm. And I remember looking down in the room and they were all very concerned. They were obviously called the ambulance. They were waiting for the ambulance. And uh, 
I remember feeling really good just saying to myself or saying out loud, you know, oh, there's nothing to worry about. I'm fine. Um, and God knows how long I was there. Time didn't really sort of factor into what was going on. Um, but it all felt very, very natural and very, um, for me, that they really didn't have a need to worry. But once I sort of, the, the ambulance came, I can't remember that bit, but I can remember, and I don't know if it's because of, uh, you know, maybe they put some, uh, some painkillers or something into my body, uh, but I do remember sort of, you know, the, the proverbial sort of white light. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I know, I was in the hospital, and again, I'm looking at things from above. Mm. And then, whoop. So let me stop you real quick. Yeah. Were you old enough to know about that the white light is something that's like a common theory about? Like, do you think that was an indoctrination or do you I think that was truly like a physical? I don't I, I, I don't think I was old enough to know exactly what it was. No. But and that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not so sure if, if it was because of medication that they give me to, you know, to subside pain or, or to you know, sort of put me in a, a more restful state. Uh, I don't know. So how has that experience changed your outlook on, like, moving on past being alive, like like dying? Uh, like, like, like I'm getting not really afraid of it, to be honest. Never have you been? Well, I didn't even really discover that I had this NDE until I was sort of in my 20s. And it was almost like a... I was reading a book, and it was almost like a movie flashback, you know, where everything really? sort of suddenly sort of goes... And then it's all there. And then, bang, there was this epiphany that, wow, I really mm. did have that experience. It wasn't something that was, uh, you know, that, that was uh, in my imagination. It was definitely there, definitely 100% there. Mm. Well, th there's a lot of theories about near-death experience out there. And I think one of the major ones is the dump of uh, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, that we get when we're close to death. Um, and what people believe is that this is a chemical that's um, it's like an evolutionary thing that we get to ease our passage into the next world. So that death. So basically, what what I'm trying to say is that death is such a, a traumatic experience that our body uh, releases these chemicals, uh, and then that that kind of. Like a like a bit of lube does when you're trying to uh, sleep sleep with a woman, it sort of eases your entry in, in, into the next world. And um, these chemicals are dimethyltryptamine are, are, are hallucinogenic. And I'm wondering if if that could be what's going on there. Those kind of hallucinogenic thing. I, I, I don't know. I think. You, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure because obviously I'm not dead, right? I mean, mm. this is. <laughs> but, but, but but then again, why, why would you always be above yourself, though? I mean, that yeah, is weird. That is isn't weird, it? isn't it? Uh, that I can't explain. But you know, we were talking before about if you throw yourself off the top of a building, for example, your your body would just be rushed with chemicals yeah. Yeah. to sort of prepare you for for a pretty hard landing. And that makes sense, too, because you think about anything traumatic in your life, especially physical, and you don't experience the amount of pain that would be expected for, yeah. like, if you break a leg. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't go down the way you expect it would, yeah. you yeah. know. The body's sophisticated, isn't it? I mean, it's had hundreds of thousands of years to prepare you for these things. 
Um, but but what I thought was, uh, and I think I'm just about to forget what what I was talking about then. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? You're talking about DMT and the sort of connection to the other life. And yeah, no, I had a really fucking important point to make, but I can't remember what it was now. Uh, you carry on, and I'm, I'm sure I'll come back to it's it. It's so much harder to carry on when I know you have this weight <laughs> on your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you, know, you know, as soon as I stop thinking about it, you, you know it will come back to me, but it, it was... Mm, I don't know. We can go back to, go go to, back to your point about, like, oh. if you're falling off a building, that rush of chemicals, like, what what that would feel like. is it? That's such an intoxicating thing to think about. For sure. Like, uh, I, this is kind of weird and random, but, you know, this usually leads us to a good place when I bring these things up. But we, lately, sort of lately, like when I go up, like when I'm I, I have no desire to jump to my death in any way. But there's some tiny part of you that's always sort of wondering, like, God, what if I just what if I just fucking, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like and I notice that when I'm in Terminal 21 Mall and there's just a million escalators yeah. going every direction that's and so no matter high. every single one you're on. No matter if you fell off, you'd, you'd be so dead. It'd be hilarious. And uh, I noticed that. And, like, sometimes I have to, like, catch myself. I'm like, why am I, like, thinking about this? And it's, it's like, a didn't really happen the way I think about it now until, like, my mid-late 20s do I, like, even consider. But I think almost think it's, like, a sign of getting old. Like, you're just aware. You're aware of these points, th- these, these dangers, and, like, it's I, more interesting. I think that's more common than you think, Will. Yeah. This, this desire when you walk close to the edge of a cliff, when you're on the, the edge of a tall building. It's so not a suicidal thought, though. No. You know, it's like yeah, a... Yeah, it's, it's perfect. I, I, I would go to say is, I would go as far as to say that it's, it's, it's almost quite natural to wonder, you know, to think, if I just threw myself off this building now, what would happen? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're crazy, Will. I, I get those feelings all the time, man. I, I really do. I really do. And Yeah. But I don't really feel like it's like a consequential thing. Like, I don't think it... It's totally a curiosity-driven thing for me. Like, like I, I feel it, and then I'm able to suppress it, but it's like, where... And then I think to myself, like, kind of take the stock. I'm like, where did that come from? What's the <laughs> fucking point of that? What is that? What's the meaning, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure there is a meaning, mate. I, th- I think it's just, uh, I don't know. But but I want to get back to, um, so n- near-death experiences, w- why do we have them? And uh, you know this thing about the life flashing in, th- in front of your eyes? You, uh, This is what people say, isn't it? That suddenly all their experiences flash in front of their eyes. I personally think that that, is something to do with all the interactions you've had with people. And if you've had a lot of negative interactions with people, then that life flashing before your eyes is going to be quite a negative thing. I think that's a karmic thing. That Do you understand what I'm saying? That the life flashing before your eyes, I think that's a compendium, a fucking mixtape of all the interactions you've had with people in your life. And and this is why I try to be as karmically uh, positive as I can be. Mm. Yeah, you've heard my. Are you asking me? Well, uh, I'm I'm just throwing it out there, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know either. Mm. I don't know. All all I know is that I've been in situations where things have actually slowed down. So I've had the opposite as well, where you know. If you're in a car crash, for example, and both of you have been in a car crash? 
Not a serious one. Things slow down, man. And that's why, you know, you have time. It's strange that time... In fact, it's... Time is a weird thing, man, isn't it? I mean, it's it's it's. What is it? Yeah. Well, it, it seems it, so not bendable. It seems so secure, but then when things are weird, it's like not. You know. All it is is this sort of man-made yeah. sort of uh, measurement of something that we call time. Um, but I've had it where everything slows down. So obviously, not everything is slowing down in the physical world, but it's here, isn't Relativity. it? Relativity. So mm. Uh, you know, I don't see any reason why what you're saying. But 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 that that's so true for just everyday life, isn't it? When when you when you're at work or you're in some kind of situation, like I've been on a plane before where uh, I've been totally fucking hungover. I've gone out and got high the night before, and I'm on a 12-hour flight, and that feels like 24 hours. Time slows down. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, when you're having the fucking time of your life, it's the best night of your life. Maybe you've gone to a theme park, you're on a roller coaster or something, and time speeds up. It's, it's exactly like that. Time is very, very subjective, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think... I loved what you were saying there, man. That that time is just, it, it, it's it's basically a fucking man-made thing. You know, what's a minute? What's a second? Mm. You know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, if you had it where you've looked at a clock and the second hand's gone the wrong way, it it's it's going backwards. No, you, you look at it. <laughs> Have you had that? Well, where you look at a clock no. and you see it, you see it for the first second, ticking backwards. I, I'm pretty sure. That if if we had a hundred people in this room, your mind playing a trick on you? Or? Of course it is. But that okay. I wanted to get there though. Is like that could be a defense mechanism to the. I mean, the DMT thing's valid too. But like, you got to realize that like so many people's brains play tricks on them in so many different ways. Like from like the Bigfoot type stuff to all over the map. Like I, I attribute most oddities in the world to people's brains playing tricks on them. Well, I believe they believe it. But, like, is truth one truth, or is it, like, a relative truth to them thinking it's truth mm. versus another well, perspective? Well, do you know, and, and I've actually got a little bit of information about this, Will, from the book I wrote, uh, available in all good bookstores, not, <laughs> <laughs> still not finished, but um, it actually takes your brain, when you take in a scene, right, it actually takes your brain half a second, roughly half a second, to build up a model of that seed in your in your mind, so when you uh, if you're a, a softball game, I don't know why I'm using that as an analogy. I'm not American, but and the guy hits the ball. Um, basically, it takes your brain like half a second to to fill all those blanks in, and, and like when someone claps or something, you know, again, it's like a. I'm I'm not explaining this well. What, but, but what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is that they say that seeing is believing, right? Yep. That seeing something is believing. Well, I think it's the other way around. That believing is seeing, because y y your brain basically uh, builds up a picture. And you know, when you're looking around, you're looking around the room, and you're basically the your brain is just filling in those small bits of the model, 
right? It's it's not it's not picking up all the detail. It's that's just, why it doesn't need to. That's why humans make yeah, like horrible eyewitnesses for everything yeah. because like so much of it is a concept of like our past and, yeah. and our our brains. You know, it's not so. Ex- if you go to a mirror, right, and you look in the mirror and you look right and you look left, you'll see that only like one of your eyes is moving, the other eye stays still. But that's not true at all. It's what your brain basically makes a picture in your mind. Mm-hmm. So what's your thesis of all this? Uh, my thesis is that, that your brain... If you were to look around and you were to pick up every single detail all the time, it would just be overwhelming, overwhelming for your brain. So like a fucking like 3D model or something, it fills in all the blanks. It fills in like all the little bits. Periphery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. What what I'm trying to say is that I, I, I think if, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. If, if 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 you're trying to, um, I don't know, I'm just talking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Go so far down the rabbit hole, the rabbit yeah, pulls you back uh, up. I went too far down, but it, it was, it was no, just I, a lot of it. I understand and I I recognize. Yeah, I mean, I I used the analogy before about about walking through like a forest, and uh, if if you're walking through a forest and you're basically you're you're in England. So there's no like predators or there's no fucking lions or tigers or anything. So you're walking through and you you're very kind of relaxed and everything's sabai sabai and the, and there's no issues, right? Now, what if someone then said to you that then there's a tiger loose in that forest? Then suddenly every kind of uh, snap of a twig or rustle of a leaf or something you would you would believe that like your imminent death was coming right we'd be hyper vigilant right? yeah but if even if that was bullshit if, if that was bullshit and someone just made that up then your then the situation that you're in in, in both cases when there's there's no predator is a predator is exactly the same but the only difference is your perception of that situation. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> yeah. What kind of wisdom you got on that, Jim? I'm just glad there's no fucking tigers in this room, man. You Thank know? God, huh? Um, but no, I, I, I get what I appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean... It would be pretty draining, wouldn't it, if we had to fill in everything all the time? But um, because, I mean, how long is it going to take you to cross the road, even? Just a simple task in life, if your brain had to completely fill in everything along the way, as opposed to just do what we're, what we're built to do, which is scan. Are there any dangers there? No. So move. So what do you think about the idea of like a singular versus like a relative truth? Because that's sort of like a very common thing that people talk about. Like like it, it like depends. if ten people witness an event, it's not the same for all ten of them, right? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Um, but it, the way that we frame things most of the time, there's no context for that, mm, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, even just purely from where they are physically, one person cannot be standing on top of the other person. Which and even means if they were, from a physics perspective, yeah. it's a completely different. Yeah. 
So you so you got that element, and then you got all the other elements, including you know one's prejudices, biases, life life experiences, the mood that you were in that day, which is very valid, of course. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Did you have your glasses on or not? You know. So getting back to something a little bit more physical. Yeah. To you know. The list just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? And then the influences you've had in your life, the people that have told you how to feel in these certain situations are massive too. Yep. You know, like, like the, 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 the leadership you had as a, a kid in school or whatever, sports or friends, you know, wherever your prejudices came from are almost always different from everybody. Sure. Sort of fascinating to me is like it, you take identical twins and they instantly become so different personality wise. You yep. know what I mean? It's like those factors of personality are just, there's so many variables out there that instantly they become completely different. Yeah. You I know, mean, there is your DNA is identical and you it's, it's infinite, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, By our math, mathematical. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's mad. It's crazy. It's, that, that's nature versus nurture, right? They've done these studies, haven't they, where, where there's two, like, identical, identical twins, and then uh, they, they split them up at birth, but they do the tests on them later on in life. And, and quite often they'll find that they choose the same kind of women and, and that they have the same kind of jobs. Or, right. Uh, and th- there is a thought that maybe that's because their face is a certain shape or something, so but then they attract the same kind of woman... Uh, or they have certain mannerisms, so that leads them into the same kind of jobs or something. Hmm. So it's 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 quite logical when you think about it. But but have you met identical twins? Have you ever had friends or anybody? Not they're, identical. No. They're almost always very completely different individuals. Yeah. I mean, they have to be because from moment one, you you know, like what's funny is like uh, you have two kids, and it's you know the same DNA is getting passed on and it becomes different, and then. Their personalities from day one, they're like experiencing this thing and it's so different what they're experiencing versus what their brother is experiencing based on, I have no idea what is different, but at that very young age, you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm I'm getting at is like two, two babies sit right here in their relative, like the way they take in all this feedback Mm. is very different and they, their personalities are instantly there's a million different permutations that they're making to become who they are. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just so infinite that it's, it's so wild. But, uh, well, but to just to stay on your point, there's absolutely going to be commonalities there, aren't there? Because they, they are, hang on, are these twins being split up at birth? Is, is that, was that where you were coming from, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. So there are going to be those commonalities face, blah, 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 blah. But it's the differences that makes them different, if you know what I mean, to, that makes either that experience different or the choices. The different uh, post, post-birth, post... Yeah. Anything other than physical, I feel like. Do, do, so do you think you can be born evil? No. I think you could be, like, kind of predisposed to be that yeah. way. I think for, for, for example, but, but if, if, if your mum's pregnant and there's a load of shouting and violence and shit, apparently you are literally prepped while you're in the room, the way your fucking body grows, uh, the way your fetus grows, the, the hormones dumps and shit that you get, it fucking predisposes you for a world of fucking uh, craziness if 
in the womb, your mum is subjected to all kinds of shouting and fucking shit. I also think there's an even another layer of magic that has nothing to do with that, that your personality... Consciousness. Like, it comes out of this area that has no reasoning. Like, mm. I think you can come out of the womb and just be a fucking angry human for no reason. Like, I, I honestly believe that, like... You mean even if everything was calm inside there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that, that, that there's there's room for that, you know? Yeah. I think evil can grow out of even like a really yeah. normal upbringing or really, really incredible something can grow out of something really mm. abusive. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Uh, and that's kind of that's like magic. That's like that's like truly uh, human magic because that's like one in a million. You know, most mm. people are such a product of their surroundings. But I think there are some. I'd like to see the studies. Yeah. I wonder how you test somebody. A little baby to see if they were evil or not. You know what I mean? Do, do you like sort of you know show them six 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 or show them pictures of shit? And, well, and you, you know that uh, serial killers normally. I think there's a like a trifecta of um, pointers that that point to a serial killer, and I think I can remember two of the three. One is bedwetting, and one is like animal mutilation when they're young. Yeah. And I think that the, I can't the remember what the third is one usually is. Usually, some sort of uh, abuse, whether it's either sexual, physical, yeah. emotional, yeah. Um, and 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 <coughs> an, an over reliance on, uh, yeah, mum, and, and, yeah, and <laughs> that, and the overcom this, yeah. But I think abuse is the less, the less, sort yeah. of tenet, yeah. shall we say? Of yeah, uh, I mean, I, I was I've been watching this thing over the last few weeks. It's called Manhunt. On uh, on Netflix, have you seen it? Oh, it's fantastic! I watched no. that about six months ago. It's the creation it of the FBI, the behavioral CIA, science behavioral unit, science, the BSU. Yeah. It's absolutely what? fantastic. Documentary or acting? No, the acting. It's, it's, but it's based on a true, yeah. the the true story. That guy yeah. that plays Edmund Kemper, yeah, is. <laughs> You, you know, you Edmund, know Kemper, Edmund Kemper, the, the really tall, is like six foot. He cut seven. his mum's. He cut his mum's head off and like fucked her. When skull. was that? Seventies, yeah, in the seventies, okay. he cut him. He cut his mum's head you, you, off. You'll you know, you know him. You'll know him. He's a super, super intelligent guy. Super high IQ. Um, which, uh, right? Is yeah, he the yeah. High oh, IQ yeah, guy? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, he's very he's intelligent. The guy with the really thick sort of glasses. American? Not, yeah, of course, man. <laughs> yeah, serial killer. Yeah, of course he's American. But I'm but they it's interesting, American. Jim. They coined the phrase serial killer, didn't they? Yeah. They, they were arguing over what what terminology it should yeah. be, and and they they agreed on serial killer. But they, um, yeah, they that there are certain predictors, and there's certain formulas that can use to f to find these people, and there's almost always some sexual component to killing. Yeah. Um, even if people don't believe there's a sexual component to killing, that they they will quite often ejaculate while they're uh, killing someone. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> well, because you watch Manhunt. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm yet to make my first kill. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I hey, hope to do that within the next six late. months. Never too late, mate. <laughs> I'm just prepping myself. You just got to step it up. <laughs> you wonder I always it's such an enormous like Mount going over Mount Everest to like make yeah. the decision you know you've, you've seen those studies where basically everyone like 
a hundred percent of people have had fantasies about killing people well, at work. Or... How about if all three of us lived five hundred years ago? Do you think we would have killed somebody by now? Like, if, if you know what I mean? Okay. Like, That's interesting. Here's here's here, here's here's a good one for you. Right. Imagine that we are in 1936, 37, and imagine that we're in Germany, and imagine that everything's sort of starting to starting to boil up. There've been a couple of decades of oppression, and and we've had to have 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 I been through this scenario with you no. before? And that you know Germany's very f- poor. There's been hyper hyper hyperinflation. Uh, they're trying to pay back the reparations from the First World War. And then in comes this this party that's much more sort of nationalistic. And uh, then the propaganda starts. And imagine sort of being brought through those few years of propaganda. And, mm. you know, your neighbor in your apartment block, Fred Bloggs or whatever, becomes uh, one of the brown shirts and starts sort of advocating this. And... You're hearing it more on the radio. You're reading it more in the yeah. in the newspaper. Before you know it, you're gassing fucking Nazis in Auschwitz, and and, and you're just fucking a normal person, and you've got carried away so with the whole fucking exactly. shit. Exactly. So you you know, there's this sort of, and again, it sort of links back to Benet's the power of fucking, you know, the the power of the crowd, you know, and hundred uh, percent again tapping into the these sort of carnal sort of desires of mm. you know like what you say everybody's thought about killing somebody at some point in time. But um, do you do on. you guys remember as a kid thinking that they're just like evil people in the world like bad guys? Yeah, oh, you course. know that. But like when you get older, you realize it's such a continuum of like nobody. Most people don't start out that way. It's like these choices compound and they compound and they get yeah. desperate. They are drug addicts. Like so many things. It's just no. There's no black and white, good yeah. guy, bad guy thing. And I, I that's everyone started off as a baby. Yeah, right. and it's just funny to think about when you're a kid. You simplify that down. I remember mm. watching some movies like, oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> but that go, that He's goes a desperate back to, guy. That goes right back to what we were saying about ten minutes ago. Do do people come out the the mother's vagina with a blank slate, or or are there predisposed things? Like I mean, there are certainly evolutionary things. Going back to what you were saying a minute ago, Jim. Would you be um, Would you be uh, shoving uh, loads of Jews into 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 a uh, into a railroad cart, and you know, would you be welcoming so y- them? So you go back to that scenario. Know, work will. What is it? Work will liberate you. No, I think it's work will set you free we'll in German. Free, I've been. Yeah. There, I've mm. been there. But and I think it's naive to think that you're so morally right that you would just say no. To you, you, you don't understand the social pressure that existed for all those people. Absolutely, you you would have to be prepared to die. You would for have not doing and that. have your kids. Yeah. Who knows? And your yeah. wife, who knows? And I'm sure that goes back to tribe, right? When we were uh, when we were uh, in tribes of 30 or 40 people. Yeah. And uh, we had to be prepared to live and die in a tribe. And we had to be prepared to do what our tribe leader told us. Or we were cast out into the cold I wanna... with no fucking food, no, no friends, nothing. You were cast out into the jungle. Yep. With no fucking, with nothing, you had to rely on your peers and your friends and your tribe to get along, which is why today we go along in these crowds sure. to, to survive because it's evolutionary. It's fucking, it's built into us. It's our innate fucking desires. I want to I wanna try and tie something together with Jim and, and something that's interesting happening 
in the states right now yep. is that the way that we yep. the way that we look back on historical figures and then judge them on today's ideals like like you know um the way like race race relations were in america in like about 150 years ago there's a ton of statues that in the south and all over the country that exist from people that were like very important for the southern army in like 1865 and there's a ton of back and forth about judging those people or even early presidents who who did a ton for the country and judging them based on today's ideals and then paying that forward of like how will people in a hundred years judge us based on the mistakes we're making but it's just interesting to me the way that we try to a lot of people try to go back and judge those folks based on our ideals today so i'm just curious your thoughts on, on that on that kind of stuff i i, I think that the ideals in in i think they try to i think they make these sort of judgments in the most idealistic sort of way i you know what in their mind is the sort of epitome of where you know they are and where civilization is at that point and then they incorrectly sort of put that back and say well this person was x y and z well okay but nobody says that everything in history needs to align to you know your point of view and your I ideology of today i mean that's how we evolve as human beings i think they're missing a big part of um a, a, a big connection to their past if that's the way that they're thinking of it mm. now i'm not saying that uh that they're wrong or, or yeah what i'm saying is right but i'm just saying that they're maybe sort of jumping to conclusions and making very sort of rash judgments based on a lack of uh, historical understanding, a lack of historical context. Context, of, great word. Uh, you know, all of the, all of the, uh, the, the nuances of, of what happened before then, what happened after then, in order for this to be whatever it is, whether it's a, a you know, whether it's a, a, a General Lee, for example, or you know the the Dixie, you know, and what, yeah. what's his name? The it was General Lee. He was the founder of the he Southern was the Army. original yeah. KKK guy, right? Is that, is no. that General Lee? Who, no, who was Robert that? E. Lee was just the leader of the Southern Army in the okay. during the Civil okay. War. But but what you're saying it was though, the car that Joseph Hazard drove, though, right? The General Lee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just sheepishly got uh, myself involved in a conversation. Duke. Sorry, well gone. Oh, you did it to me. Now I forget where I was headed. <laughs> I cheese saladed you. <laughs> I, I totally cheese saladed you. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's very, okay, I got, I'm back. But history has taught us that no, if you jump 100 years ahead of time from the eternity, you know, from back in the day until now, there will be a ton of shit that people will look back on us right now and be like, you guys are either like bigoted or crazy or stupid. And it's so funny to think that like you are so evolved that like you are, you are perfect and you can judge all these people for shit that they did 250 years ago in a context that you have zero, zero idea. Yeah. 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 And, 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 guess and what? that pattern and repeats itself to where you are today. <laughs> but it's almost all, it's usually younger folks that, that are more passionate about that sure. kind of thing. Sure. Which says something to me. Sure. And which side of history are we on? The right side of history. I hope so. I hope so. But isn't it interesting that, that these fucking patterns repeat themselves 
ad infinitum through through eternity and and you know you're always a hundred years uh, behind or whatever or, or in front of 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 what's morally fucking well some people are i mean I, I think the thing is when when you're in amongst the some kind of cultural happening you can't see the wood for the trees can you correct and and it's only sometimes um that that time what what is it uh tragedy tragedy that uh plus time equals comedy right mm. they say that uh, and it's sometimes it's only with 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 uh hindsight and, and time on your hands that you can look back and think okay that was fucked up i shouldn't have done that but I th- I think that people in our generation right now are, are more sensitive to to this than ever before, and I think there'll be less mistakes now in 2018 than than ever before. And I think those mistakes are, are diminishing as as time goes on, right? Well, as well, it should. What sort of mistakes? Well, uh, if you go back 50 years ago, there was still segregation. Uh, there was still racism in the UK. There was still slavery uh, in the Middle East. There was. Uh, what do you mean, still? There is today. There's never uh, been more I slaves know, on this planet ever, ever than today. The m- there's more slaves today on this planet by than definition. There ever has though, been. by definition. Well, what's your definition of a slave? Well, well uh, okay. I've got to be really careful here because I am sensitive to to what you're saying. Okay, uh, Snowflake. And I, I I don't want to come across as being insensitive, um, but you're not. But but I think w- when you speak about slave today, it's not like you're you're chained up and you're whipped and you're you're fucking trapped like a dog and killed. I, I think what we're talking about is people who qualify as slaves which are people who work for less than a certain wage and uh, in less than desirable conditions no, no, no. my, my defini- definition of a slave is somebody who's held captive for for their labor and is not free to go and is not paid for that labor that's okay. my definition of a slave uh, and and by that definition, there are still more today than in say there eighteen were at the height of slavery two hundred and fifty years ago. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's surprising. I, I I thought yes, certainly by definition, but I didn't think by actual real conditions, real conditions. I mean, like when. Uh, okay, S- seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you do said you think the other day. Your leg? Yeah, well, I, d- I don't think you're pulling my leg, but. Well, hang on. Let, let, maybe let's let Will be the arbiter of this. I mean, do you, have you heard that being sort of bandied around before, Will? That sounds like lunacy to me. Okay, it's fantastic. Yeah. Good. Good. And it sounds like like. It could just be statistics. I don't know. I I, I, I feel I, statistics. I feel I feel. Um, a little bit ignorant to that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I think the world's a lot better than it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. I think that our definition of, of, of slaves the, the, the is, metrics, is probably... The metrics that I understand is that it's... And people love to say, it, like, it's never been a better place to be alive than right now. And, and But that's part of, but like, why people... Why we should true. have these conversations is that, like, 
the reason mm. we're really like if the meta reason that we're doing it is because we want it to be better in the future, you know, mm. don't you think like, yeah. that's, I think that's what's ultimately driving the three of us yeah, to sit yeah. here. I mean, I, I'm quite willing to sit here now and, and be called a bigger in this podcast because I'm trying to understand what is right, what is wrong and trying to position myself on the right side of history and okay, if I fuck up a bit with certain definitions or whatever, then I'm a bigger. But what I'm trying to say is that I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that conditions today in 2018 and the amount of people who are in pain and suffering, yeah, is less than it was. No, just generally, a less oh, than it's. Oh, of per, course. per I mean, capita, just, it's 100 percent better just, than it was. Just look at. You know, the amount of people, uh, what was the UN for eradicating poverty? Uh, you know, that, that, those, that, that timeline, we exceeded that by 20 years. Mm. Um, so, yeah, abs- no question. No question there, but dude. I, I, I would still argue, Jim, that there are as many slaves as there were 200 years ago. Okay, well, let's, uh, that's fine. Uh, and, and I think it's about definitions of the word. And I would think, yes, maybe there are as many technical slaves as there were 200 years ago, but they're in a lot better conditions than they were. Okay. That time, and again, uh, ordinarily uh, I wouldn't want to do this, but can I can I Google us? <laughs> you can absolutely, please do. We got time for you. In fact, okay. I'd love it if you did because uh, let's sort this out now. But but like y- your point being that like uh, there's there's progress for for the majority progress. of humans. What a fucking that's, that's great the, word, will progress. That's the reason that that people should care about even the stupid stuff. It took like it took me until recently to like really engage in politics again. Because it's just it's just so like it's so frustrating, you know. Like nothing is very gets done very well. But I, as I get older, I understand the importance of of putting the time in because like it's way better than it was a hundred years ago. It's way better than it was fifty years ago. And if it weren't for people putting that time in, it wouldn't be better. So you you kind of at some points in your life, you got to try to like get a little bit meta about like where things are going, hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to you've got to take a, f- a forty thousand mile high view of things, which is hard to do. Like again, it's taking you away from like your day to day and stuff. But like, you got to realize that like, like run it back through the historical events that you're familiar with, and like all those people, all those sacrifices, most of them lived like kind of yeah. difficult lives, you know. Yeah, and l- l- let me say one thing. I would hazard a guess that there are less people now in chains. With a chain around the leg. Yeah. In some kind of working environment, being whipped and told what to yeah, do. Yeah, but that, I would that, say that that's, that that's a very sort of um, sort of stereotypical image of slavery that yeah. you are that that you're you're sort of bringing to the forefront yeah. there. Whereas, I don't think it was like that for everybody in you know the a couple of hundred years ago mm. um you know i don't think it was like that at all yeah you think i've been fed a bit of propaganda well, but slavery slavery in america was largely kind of that way you know and it wasn't that long ago and it's a it's a very sensitive but subject I, when I, you I talk think to what jim like said is that we've probably been We've seen the movie version of slavery. We've seen the the blockbuster of a twelve years a slave and all that. And, and Perhaps uh, no, it was worse. Uh, now fuck that. 
fucked up. It, it, but uh, where did, where are you getting? Where does the where else does the context come from other than accounts? You know, I mean, sure, sure. Um, but if if you, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. And yes, of course, it, people were were chained. Um, but you know, I think unless. I don't know. So interacting with like uh, really like Western cultures now, where where is the slavery? Is it happening within? Here Did you go. see those we, videos? We've got sex trafficking. We've got okay. child sex trafficking. Okay. We've got forced labor. We've got bonded labor or debt bondage. We've got domestic servitude. We've got forced child labor. We've got unlawful recruitment of child soldiers. So, you know, all, all of these uh, sort of... Uh, elements of slavery i feel the, much more way, careful did, to talk about did, this but like some did, of that's like very not governmental sanctioned by the west isn't it like well this is the united nations that's right a good Mo- point that's a good point uh, is it state sanctioned or most, is it illegal mostly because talking about like it sounds like a lot of african nations so if you if and, you look at asian i agree i agree um but I feel very unqualified to talk about it. So, and I just so, so do I. But mm. I just wanted to say that depending on where you get your statistics, it's between 25 and 50 million people today, right now, yeah. are classified as slaves. Mm. And you've seen those videos from uh, uh, Syria, right, of those? Of, you mean people being sold in the markets through yeah, ISIS? And things. Of course, it's absolutely abysmal. You know. But I bet there's sex slavery happening within the two kilometers of us right now that we're yeah. unaware of. You yeah. know. And when I'm at home in England, I bet it's happening within it's, 20 it's miles happening of there as well. I mean, you just yeah. got to look at the Muslim rape gangs and stuff like that. In the so, UK. yeah, that's terrible, sh- ter- terrible stuff. But, but yeah, then it's like, how do you quantify it? Of course, there's always going to be bad actors in everything that we do. But sure. it's about like the net positive and i do agree it's trending up but i do think it's worth it to try and talk about that stuff for the idea of it getting to Mm. a great place where there's less people dealing with this shit you know that that should be the goal of course that's that's the ultimate goal isn't it you know but uh most politicians i'd argue that's really not their goal but well their goal is to stay in power (laughs) The status quo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, make money and stay in power. Yeah. Yeah. And if those align, that's great. That's what I I saw something interesting the other day to tie this around to Bitcoin. But like um, the people that are making monetary policy in the States and in in the UK, they're not trying to devalue the pound. They're not trying to devalue the dollar. They just they have no problem passing on debt to their grandchildren and they don't aren't going to live for another 99 years. They don't really Mm -hmm. care. You know, so why should that really yeah. bother them? They're passing the baton down the line. So it's yeah. not that they're evil, right? It's just that, that they don't have the, the, the big picture foresight to to think about it. And we got to start re, rejiggering all sorts of systems like that. And, and that's why, like, what we do and what we talk about is is fun because uh, yeah. it's like uh, because at the forefront of those ideas. Ha- how, how do we make the world a better place? And it's by us three sitting together, having fucking conversations like this, having difficult conversations, putting our fucking foot in our mouths a few That's times. our way of doing it. Yeah. Put, you know, making a mistake, riling a few people up, saying the wrong thing maybe, but having good hearts and trying to be on the right side of history 
And I think this is all we can do, guys, is sit down and have these fucking conversations and maybe we make mistakes. I don't know. Maybe people fucking shout us on Twitter. I don't give a fuck. And we're probably going to make a lot of mistakes because we're not fact check guys. We're talk guys. So, you know, mm. like cut us a bit of slack on that, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but but uh, who, who do you think are the gatekeepers of our like reality now? Does it matter? I don't. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, you've got doctors, haven't you? Who are feeding us full of bullshit. You've got fucking oh. politicians who are feeding us full of bullshit. Our teachers are very the very people we trust with our children. Are I think feeding that's them full of bullshit. Uh, you know, fucking uh, uh, famous people, movie stars. Every uh, you know, you you wonder how what the level of like indoctrination goes to and. And am I just a fucking stupid conspiracy theorist or, or are things really that bad? I mean, I don't know. But That's a fascinating question. I, I, I can't wait to have some future guests on my buddy that is going to be coming on soon. When you're a conspiracy theorist, like like dialing it back, you know, you want to believe everything. How, Where and how do you dial it back to reality? You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> everything's so sexy to believe. The, the, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I, I'd say, you know, there's an element to me that, I'm a, a little bit conspiratorial, but it, it's these sort of, th- it, it sounds absolutely perfect and you can text check. Then all of a sudden there's this quantum leap that's made that just doesn't sort of connect with me. But okay, l- l- let me ask you a question then. Yeah. What would I, I be... Was, I was just about to, by the way, bring it back go to on, just say that it's not all doom and gloom and... Uh, you know, please, anybody who's listening, please do some fact-checking on, on the slavery stuff. And, you know, uh, but as remember the excerpt from uh, from Sapiens that I sent you with, uh, what's his name, uh, Yuval Noah Harari? Yeah. About, what was it? More people die from obesity than starvation today. Mm. More people uh, die from suicide uh, compared to every war uh, every homicide, every domestic homicide, uh, and every terrorist attack combined today, mm. and then the last one was uh, disease, right? I think was his his third one. Mm. That uh, you know that uh, the more people will die from old age than a disease today. Mm. More people die because of old age. So it's it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, yeah, but what is dying of old age though? That's a disease normally, yeah, but right? Yeah, w- when when I think his definition of disease is if you know, like a like a plague, life is for cut example, short. Or, yeah. or you know, like AIDS, for example, you know, if if that had spread through society, mm. you know, let's say even fifty years or even a hundred years ago, I think the results would have been very I'll different. Tell me what. The AIDS thing is is very very comforting, isn't it? That thirty years ago, that was an absolute death sentence. You were dead, and in such a short amount of time, it's become mm. a, a a a disease that doesn't kill you, but you you die with that disease, like diabetes or yep. or something like that. Yeah, and I tell you what, that goes against a lot of conspiracy theories doesn't it? Because the conspiracy theorists would go to, no, they're trying to kill us all. AIDS and HIV was the perfect vehicle for mm. them to do that. Mm. Just let them get on with it. But There's some uh, counters to that, though. 
Yes. Like, like I don't know if you remember Magic Johnson, a famous basketball sure. player. Yeah. Who announced it in like I think he, like ninety from a blood transfusion. Ninety one. Yeah. So, so, he so he says. A, yeah. A blood but, transfusion. But but <laughs> a lot of people believe that AIDS has always been solvable for the rich. It's the the black, the minorities, and the gays that are the ones mm. that have been the ones mostly perishing. Did you guys ever see that Tom Hanks movie back in the Philadelphia? Yeah, such a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Back in his uh, that was uh, Tom Hanks heyday that, back then. That was f- that that, that was heavy, filled man. me with fucking fear. Yeah, for years. but that was it, such it, an it, important movie. It, yeah, I saw it. Message accomplished. Mission accomplished. Right. It did absolutely scare the shit out yeah. of everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You guys are a few years older than me, so I. I, I can't imagine the, well, one, two points. One, the fear of that, but also there's no internet to debunk any of the bullshit that people are talking mm-hmm. about, you mm-hmm. know? If AIDS sprouted up nowadays, yeah. there would be verifiable truth within a few months. Back then, it was mm-hmm. like bullshit newspaper articles. I mean, I don't even know. I remember when Freddie Mercury died. Yeah. And I was like 10 years old, and I was still convinced that I have AIDS. He, he, even though I'd never had sex, I was a young man. I still, I young think man, I still even, I think I still skinny. even went, do you know what? I think I still even booked a, an appointment at the doctor. And I went and I said, have I got it? And the doctor said, because uh, I think I'd had a spot on my dick or something like a, a white spot on my penis. Penis. Uh, and uh, I went to the doctors and I said, is it AIDS? He said, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. He <laughs> said, sorry, mate. He yeah. said D- did it go away on your face like a real spot? I said, yes. And he said, no. He said, you, 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 you're perfectly fine. No, fuck off. And you've never had sex, time. so come on. <laughs> Stop trying to brag like you've had sex. You're a virgin yeah. now. Piss Alter off. boy. But, um, <laughs> but my, w- one, of, w- one of the biggest... Uh, conspiracy not theories but conspiracy thoughts i have is that why would any government want you to be healthy spiritually awake feeling good ready to take them on full of energy full of beans full of all this why would any government actually want you to feel like that the government, any government is happy to have you placid, happy to have you dopey, happy to have you uh, docile, suggestible, yeah. docile. And that's true, though, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? I don't that's think true. so. I don't think so, mate. You, you're, you're agreeing you're with me or not agreeing with me? You th- oh, I, I agree with you. Yeah. You, you're saying that... They obviously have an interest. In, that's their best interest to keep status quo. Yeah. But, but do they put that level of care to get people there, or do they just passively li- live and let live? Passively, will I think? I think it's it's not. Maybe it's just like I don't know. It's maybe it's not such a concerted effort, but they're happy to let certain things slide under the carpet that might have been a little bit beneficial. Duh, that's human nature, man. I, everybody in every industry is doing that, I think. Yeah. I mean, And they're humans. You got to remember, like, Rogan does a good job being like, the government is humans, you know? Like, those are human beings. Like, So has he... Oh, so, come on, let's get onto the Rogan chat, then. Has he... Uh, yeah, but... Uh, I, I don't know about this Rogan chat, but here, here's my point. When do you ever 
see examples of developed Western democratic leaders pulling back the uh, amount of, of red tape or lack of freedom or um, laws that are very antiquated and being used for the wrong reasons. When, when do you see examples of that? Pulling, pulling back, what do you mean? Like like them uh, pruning back their reach? Like going, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. it, it's all the other way. Right. It's all the other way. There's but, it, I mean, no you you got to look at incentives, right? Like, like, like everybody is which, so... Which, Mike, sorry, which connects to what you're saying, you yeah. know? I mean, we you, never get freer, do we? Well, I just think very few people look at the global part. Like, everybody's in a department that has a boss, and they're trying to please their boss, and they're trying to further their career, for trying to further their... I just think people are self-interested, and, and uh, a lot of that governmental stuff falls in. That lines up with that to me. I'm an incentives guy. I look at what people are incentivized to do, and the, a lot of times they're incentivized to shut up and toe the line, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And if I you agree. can, uh, that's what. Uh, yeah, I mean, I go back to Bitcoin a lot, but like, if you align incentives the right way. People do the right thing. If it's the best thing for them to do, they'll do the right thing. You know, they'll make the most money doing this. But right now in America, I'm sh I'm sure in England, incentives are, in a lot of ways are really fucked up. So that's a big project. Mm. Talking about Bitcoin, what about today's competition, Will? Yeah, <laughs> be a leader on this. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> so we're running a competition at the moment. You can win $1,500 worth of crypto, uh, $1,000 the first prize, $500 second prize. And all you've got to do is, this is now episode two or three. We're not sure about what, what order we're going to put these out. It doesn't matter. But over the first three episodes, we're going to give a code word every episode. Okay. And today's code word is going to be PIXMA. P-A-I-X. No, sorry. P-I-X-M-A. PIXMA. Okay? So there's a code word for this episode. There's a code word for episodes one and two. What I want you to do is send me a message on Twitter at CryptoMickey. You give me the three code words for the first three episodes. You retweet the tweet that is pinned to my page and you rate and review us on iTunes and you take a screenshot of that rate and review and you send it with everything else. You DM me on Twitter at CryptoMickey and you can win $1,000 or second prize of $500, okay? So that's our competition for today. Great episode. It's been a great episode and let's just remind everyone about XRR, about exchange rates. Uh, so go to exchange rate, X-C-H-A-N-G-E-R-A-T-E dot I-O, exchange rate dot I-O, exchange with an X, and go on... Uh, Marble coin? We still on that tip? We are, we are. Um, so, so go and log into exchange rate, and you can uh, participate in the ICO until, I think, the 5th of May. And we're also promoting a currency called MarbleCoin, which the ticker is M-A-R-C-O. MarbleCoin, Marco. And it's a great coin. It's a masternode coin. And the, the way they do things is great. They 
they basically used the proceeds for uh, for their own coin to buy masternodes from other projects, and then they feed those profits back into the back into the community. So you're going to win basically uh, $1,500 worth of XRR, exchange rate, and Marco Marble coin. That's all mixed together. Um, Jim, my brother, James, where can people find you? Do you want people to find you? Uh, Bangkok. Bangkok. Yeah, okay. you gotta you gotta just walk around the streets and you just <laughs> ask people for a guy named James, and everybody here knows him, so it shouldn't be hard. You just gotta ask every Thai person if they know somebody named James. Uh, where can they find you, Will? At Willie Delius, W I L L Y D E L I U S on Twitter. And how about you? Uh, you can find me at Crypto C R Y Cry, P T O. M-I-C-K-E-Y at Crypto Mickey on Twitter. Who uh, needs that mnemonic device of cry PTO? Because I, I, I'm <laughs> dyslexic. And oh, I have sorry, a really... Sorry. sorry for your loss. No, I'm not. I'm not really. <laughs> but I have a really hard time spelling crypto, especially when I'm typing it. Because it's like there's no consonants. It's all vowels. Right, yeah. No, no. It's well, all why, why, why is a vowel but in a weird way, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kinda. what we learn. Um, so... Are we finished there, guys? Have we got anything more to talk about? Yeah, maybe we'll go have a beer, but uh, that's it for the pod. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in to this this strange life. Uh, It's been a strange old evening, and, uh, yeah, I was certainly a little bit off kilter at the beginning of the episode, but this shit happens, and uh, I've I've really enjoyed myself tonight. And uh, Have you enjoyed yourself, Will? Yes, I have. Feeling enlightened. Yeah. I think we're all good. Okay. All right, guys. Good night. See you next week. Adios. Bye.